Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3Cast. I am Brian, with me as always are Zach and Vince. And before we get any further, we play a little game that we're going to invite you to play. If you go to multiversitycomics.com right now and click on the link for this episode, you will see a link to a Sporkle game, which lists... How many members is it? 200 and what? 17. 217 members, past and present, of the Justice League, and we all took the quiz to see how many members we could name, and uh, let's start with Zach. Zach, what was your score? Uh, I got 69. Nice. Nice. Uh, Vince, what was your score? Uh, I don't have my score in front of me, uh, but it's it was just over 100. Okay. It was, like, it was like 102 or 103 or something. Okay. I um I had like a flurry at the end where I got 10 in a row. It, it was like one of those like buzzer beater things. I wound up with 122. Um, but none of us could get, you know, much more, much closer than half of the listed members there. Who was the, who was the one member that you guys like kicked yourself for forgetting? Uh, for me, it was St. Walker. <laughs> yeah. I'm really mad. I forgot St. Walker too. Oh, I got St. Walker. I <laughs> nice. got the Robinson league. Um, now mine was Adam. I didn't think about, oh. I just like totally didn't think about the Adam. Mm. The two that, well, drew- to be fair, to be fair, Zach was Zach was rushed for this too. So. Yes, he was. What, what? I did get a uh, Power Girl's cat though. So yeah, I got that accidentally because I wrote Power Girl or cat. I know I wrote cat to say Catwoman. Right. Yeah. And cat, Power Girl's cat popped up. Yeah. I think we all got that. Yeah. Um, but like Katana's missing from the list. Yep. Yep. But the, but the two that that I missed that really drove me crazy were I missed Phantom Stranger. He was the only of the Satellite era I I missed. And I was like, I should have gotten that. And then every time I think about the Justice League Detroit, I forget about Gypsy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like Steel, Vibe, and Vixen, real easy. Gypsy, I forget every time. Same. I got. I had the same thing happen. Um, the, for- the Justice League question mark thing, you had mentioned something about that. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. I, I put Harley Quinn in as a joke, and then it showed up there, and then yeah. it like started this whole flurry of like, well, who else could be in right. there? Riddler, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I just yeah, I just started putting in Batman villains, and like half of them were in there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's like they're not sure if they were in the Justice League because like they may have helped out at one time. Yeah, I, I, don't I, know. I don't know what it means. Uh, another it, another thing that was interesting was um like what were the ones that you guys got like all of across the board um i got let's see i, I don't have it i don't have my results i did this like a week ago so i'm trying to think back obviously the original era i got um i got the justice league international era i got the uh before it was called justice league international which was called justice league mm-hmm. like you know with um the Dimitrius Giffen, yeah, exactly that one, and I think I got all of the, maybe all the Morrison one. Where where was the Morrison one? Uh, just JLA. Oh, I see it. Yep. I I missed a few in the JLA one, but it was mostly like the minor ones, like Zoriel and stuff. No, I got Zoriel. It was mostly things that like came later, like mm-hmm. post Morrison run. Yeah. Um, like Faith and uh, a few other things. Um, 
Yeah, I guess like out of none of these, I out of all of these, there there weren't any that I got all of them. Mm. Um, but the ones that I missed, are, I feel like are are reasonable. Like like the just there's like the Justice League and then Justice League International, which like I just picture you know that um, the like Kevin McGuire cover yeah. with everyone mm-hmm. on there, and yep. then there are like a few people who aren't on that cover that I didn't get. Um, I missed Lobo on that one. Oh, I did not miss Lobo. <laughs> I got all the Super Friends, including Wendy and Marvin. I got those, but I missed. There's, um, there's two really random ones in there. Rima the Jungle Girl and uh, El Dorado. Yes. So, I have to confess, the reason why I remembered those was because I was listening to a video game podcast just last week, and they were talking about the obscure Super Friends that were made up just for the oh, okay. cartoons. So, like, I got to cheat into that one because like, I just revisited all that. See, back pro- definitely before Zach was born, possibly before Vince was born, I had <laughs> all but two of these superpowers toys. I didn't have Cyborg or Steppenwolf. But I had Samurai. I had Apache Chief. You know, it's like I—I I, I don't think there was an Apache Chief toy actually, because even then people were racist. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, but so so that those were pretty easy. But the El Dorado and Rima, like those were not on my radar at all. Mm. Um, I got I was... tricked on the uh, the Robinson one because I was thinking there were. I always forget there were two Robinson teams basically. Yes. Like, so I missed Guardian and Monel. I got those. I was confused because I kept saying like, "No, Freddie Freeman Shazam was a member of the team," but no, he wasn't. It was Prometheus in disguise. Oh man, that's a deep cut. <laughs> so like, I was hung up for like, you know, one of the, you know, when you're doing a game like this and like you you get inside your own head too much, and I was like, no, how could am I spelling Freddie wrong? Is it with a Y? Like I I couldn't get. I was like, I know it's there. And I was like, oh no, it's Prometheus. Okay, cool. Um, but they missed I, Katana and they missed like a lot of the Justice League Dark folks. Yeah. I, well, a lot I, of them show up in like the DC new thing down there, right? But the, but Not like all of them, like but... Frankenstein doesn't. Yeah. And, uh, hey. Here's the thing. I bet that this, I bet that this game cut off like before Frank was a member. Absolutely, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, like you know, put New Fifty Two glasses on. Lex Luthor and Captain Cold weren't on the list. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was disappointed that I couldn't remember Green Lantern Cairo. I couldn't remember. I, well, I just kept like I was like, why all the other Green Lanterns showed up? Like, why right. can't I? Why can't I get this on here? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was I was like really struggling. I was like, I know the lead character from I Vampire was on Justice League Dark. What the hell is his name? And I get I was like, oh, fuck it, I Vampire, and it worked. So yeah. I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah. I, Andrew, somebody. Yes, that's right. Were it not for Power Girl's cat, I would have gotten none on Justice League Europe. Was Blue Devil part of Justice League Europe? Nope, because I got Blue Devil, but it was so, he showed up somewhere else. Okay. I, I forgot that uh, Gnort was part of Justice League Antarctica. I didn't get a single Antarctica. Yeah, me either. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got two of them in the, the JLTF, the task force. I got, me too. Which I ones got, did you I get? I got damage. Oh, you got okay. damage. Of course, I got damage. Come on, you guys know me. Um, 
I got is that bronze. the only one you got? Um, I can't Brian? remember. I, this was a week ago. Oh, I took okay. this. I don't remember. That's right, yeah. I got Bronze Tiger and Our Man. Those are the only. I got Our Man. I, I didn't got, get Bronze Tiger. I got Our Man and Triumph. Oh nice! Wow. I didn't know but the only because dog was on. <laughs> what? I didn't know the insult comic dog was on Justice yeah. League. He wow. poops on crime. You know that. Come on. <laughs> oh God. Well, and even then, that was only an accident because I was going through like Morrison JLA, and I got Triumph confused with Tomorrow Woman. Okay. And so, I only got Triumph on accident. Um, I uh, I was shocked to see that according to that list, Adam Strange is only a, an honorary member. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, he's a JLA member as of the New Fifty Two. Right, right. Surprised that before he wasn't. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't get any of the JLX ones, and just looking at the names, I'm not sure I, I even I know. One, but I, I got one, but I have no idea who it is or how I got it. I got Kasumi. <laughs> oh, so, so you might have put you might have put like her. She probably has like a last name or something. Here, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna see if I can figure out who that is and how I got it. Who else is on the JLX? Uh, Cassandra Kane. I guess maybe because I put Batgirl in. No, because Batgirl. Because I tried Batgirl and it didn't show up as anything. Oracle well, I works. I don't know how I got it then. Who's who else is in JLX? S- uh, Sister Superior, Cold Cast, Menagerie, Naif Al Sheik, Kasumi, and Manitou Dawn. Yeah, okay, I, I should have gotten Manitou Dawn because I typed that in. Why didn't I get it? I am really mad. I missed August Iron in general. August <laughs> General and Iron rather, uh, for the just the 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 DC new part. I will never forget Jurgen's awful Justice League International. Yeah, I, I just forgot him. Roster. I was I... proud. <laughs> I was proud of myself for getting Creeper someplace. Yeah, Creeper was on my bookshelf. So oh, okay. Creeper. Yeah, Creeper's in JLU. Mm-hmm. Um, I got I got the Generations Lost couple. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. I I too. forgot Rocket Red till the very end. And then he was on there like three times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I got him thinking like the Justice League International part, but it gave mm-hmm. it to me on both. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anybody you guys totally forgot was part of a Justice League? I mean, obviously, some of those like question marks and task force and stuff is hard, but like did anybody pop up like, oh, shit, I totally forgot that person was on the Justice League. Well, St. Walker for sure. Yeah. Was, was oh, my... never forget. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, and Mira, I was really mad that I didn't get. Mira. I got. I just guessed that one, and it was uh-huh. it was there. I forgot Blue Jay was a thing. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I even know what he that he was a part of of the um, Robinson Justice League at the end too. Okay. Boy, did I? I must have just tailed off at the end there. Um, that was the great like. The last team was Dick Grayson, Supergirl, Donna Troy leading it. Mm. And uh, with Jade, Jesse Quick, and Kongorilla and Starman. Oh, man. Could we just do an episode about the the Robinson Justice League one day? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm in. I, I love that. Rob. And Monel was in it a little bit, and Blue Jay, and uh, Guardian. What What's the character on here that you can't believe was a member of the Justice League? And let's let's exclude the uh, like Antarctica. Let no no let let's excuse. That's let's nothing exclude. though. I think that's a joke. Is it? I I think they were used as a punchline. I don't think they ever had an adventure oh. or anything. 
I was just gonna say let's exclude the JL question mark because like, yeah, I don't know what the criteria for those were. Like, what's the what's the one you can't believe? Mm, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that I can't <laughs> believe. Yeah. Um, ventriloquist and yeah. <laughs> Justice League question mark maybe. Yeah, but question mark where. Uh... Yeah, that's what I was gonna say though. Yeah. When I was... Ah, let's get rid of that. But uh, what's Yaz? <laughs> Where? Y a z z under Justice League America. I have no recollection of that character. <laughs> Yaz. Uh, Hang on, wait, 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 guys. Wait, is he a Yaz musician? Is that what he is? He, I I don't know, but I'm gonna check my who's who. <laughs> See, I knew this was a worthwhile investment. You guys <laughs> laughed at me. Hang on, let's well, see. He is not listed in the original. Let's see if he's in the eighty-seven or eighty-eight updates, guys. He wouldn't be because he appears he to be a jive-talking becomes... pterodactyl. <laughs> yeah, he came out in ninety-five and one issue. Well, no, he had twenty appearances. No answers? Oh, mercy. Great Yasmataz be smiling on me now. I, Wait, what? I think, I think this is a racist character. <laughs> this is weird. I'm just looking at Google images of Yaz. I don't know I'm, why you... I'm on his uh, DC wiki page. Oh, okay. There's no information. <laughs> no, Nothing. He's, he has 20 appearances. First appearance, Justice League America, number 95, created by Gerard Jones and Chuck... Woolery? Chuck Woolery. Yes, thank you. Okay, hang on. I am I am seeing who, who's who, lists as members of the Justice League. All right, wow, okay. These are all the usual characters. Oh, Gypsy, there she is. Um, I was very mad at myself for not getting Sue Dibney as an honorary member. Oh, I got her. Can't forget the Dibneys. After what Infinite, uh, not Infinite Crisis, Identity <laughs> Crisis did to them. Yeah. Um. Let's see who else. I was convinced, and I, I kept trying to spell it different ways, that Zatara was part of the Justice League. At some point, but you know they don't list him. Yeah. So. I so, did they have the entire JSA in here? I was surprised that that wasn't like its own category. But it, like a lot of the JSA members were in JLU. Right. No, I don't believe everybody was. No, I guess not. Let's see. I typed in. I'm sure I typed in Mr. Terrific, and I didn't get anything. But there he is in JLU. That's one of the ones where the spelling, I think you had to write out the word Mr. Which is annoying. Which is weird because you didn't have to do that for any other. Exactly, yeah. Because I missed him also and think, and for, you know, similar reasons. Yeah. Well, anyway, this was fun. Yeah, I thought this was a fun way to start the show this week. And uh, made us all feel bad about ourselves and our fandom. (laughs) uh, Temporarily, but. I want to read some of these teams now. Yeah, doesn't that make you want to just dig really deep? <laughs> yeah. Um, what is what is one Justice League team that you've not read much of but have always wanted to get into? I know what mine is. What's yours? 
mine is the like Joe Kelly Justice League that came after Mark Wade's run on JLA mm. with like the Obsidian Age and um with like Doug Monkey on art. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to read that. I feel like I would like to go back and read the Justice League Task Force stuff. Because I remember at the time thinking, like, this is the most random team of people. And now that's a lot of fun to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I, uh... I want to read, like, that Satellite League era stuff. Because I'm, like, totally aware of it, but I've never really read much of it. Yeah. I believe there's a Bronze Age Justice League... Uh, Omnibuy com- series coming out, mm. which should be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, but let's get to this week's books, guys. This was uh, this this week somehow felt lighter than usual. It was a little bit lighter. I think. It was slightly lighter. <laughs> I think we went <laughs> from like fifteen books last week to eleven this week, maybe something it like that. It Still felt like a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. But let's start talking about the Young Animal book, the number one this week. Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Um, before we start, did you guys, before you started reading about this book, did you have any idea who Cave Carson was? Mm-mm. No. No, neither did I. It's a character that I, I was not familiar with. Um, so let's get right into it. What did you guys think of the uh, the issue? Well, this... As much as I love Doom Patrol and Shade the Changing Girl, mm-hmm. this issue, this might have been my favorite Young Animal issue yet. Yeah, it's really good. By it the way, so Cave funny. Carson does have an, entr- an entry in Who's Who. <laughs> so I'm pulling nice. it out right now. Uh, yeah, it was great. Go ahead, Vince. You were, you were going to say something else. I just, I just think it was so funny, and it was like, I expected this book to be one thing. And reading it... It was so much more like slice of life than I expected it to be. You know, mm-hmm. the first issue was largely about Cave Carson and like how he interacts with his family and his coworkers, and um, and yet they slip a lot of like sci-fi weirdness into it. But it's really grounded. It's grounded in like so like they had a TV show, right? Right. <laughs> and it's like some, it's sort of like a reality show, but it's not like it's. It's also not. It reminded me of how the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou treated like the Zissou family. That's yes, that's that's the perfect way of putting it. Actually, oh, thanks. Um, yeah, no, that's actually brilliant because, like, I enjoy this on the same level. You know, there's like, there's like multiple levels to it. There's a lot of great humor. I mean, it made me laugh out loud a couple times. Yeah. Um, I'm just really impressed by this whole line. I, I, all of these books are so great, but I think I had the most, I had the most enjoyable time with this book, um, just because of how honestly funny it was. Zach, what did you think? Um, okay, I'm of two minds. On one hand, I think it was maybe my least favorite of the Young Animal books so far. Not that I didn't like it; I still really liked it. But you know, it's like they're all so close mm-hmm. but of the three i think this would be my third favorite but i did love like all of the um like dc universe connections yeah, yeah the especially metal 
the metal man yeah uh, um and, and got a mention superman krypton mm-hmm. and then of course like the the end reveal yes um the character that shows up there which i'm sure i'm sure we'll talk about but um like it just has me really excited for like what all this series might do um and like i went back and like looked a little bit about like the history of cave carson and because like you guys you know i really didn't know anything about him um and found out that he spun out of challengers of the unknown along with rip hunter Mm. um and so you know just like who yeah who knows what all like this series might have in store in terms of like DC, like deep cut DC yeah. related nods and, 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 you know, characters and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I, um, I found myself more, um, emotionally invested in these characters than I thought I'd be. I, yeah. um, yeah, I just think it was a really well-paced, really fun issue. For sure. And and can I can I make a confession? Sure. I've never been the biggest Michael Avon, Oming or Aiming or however Oming, you say that. Yeah. Oming, fan. Um, I just don't like I, I But you know what? It's probably because he's paired with Bendis so much. <laughs> you know, to be honest. But um. He was great here. Even yeah. here, yeah, even here he like really shine like such a good fit for him. Well, yeah, I mean it's I'm with you. Like I couldn't get into Powers mm-hmm. because of the art, but it here it works and I I don't know why. Um what the difference is, but yeah, this is another you know out of the park uh effort for young animal. Mhm. I do feel like it's going to be the one that's like the least successful of the four financially just because it's got a character nobody knows and I mean it does have Gerard Way's name behind it but Although he's off the book as of January it appears. Is that right? <sighs> yeah. At least according to the solicit he's not listed as co-writer as of January. Sure. So so yeah, who knows. But but I hope it's successful and I hope it does well. Um I like it. I, I can't believe DC. I still can't believe they're putting these books out. You know, yeah. they're just so different. And the backup. Well, I love Tom Scioli. You guys know that. <laughs> like yeah. he's he's my boy. Oh, and sure. it was so great. That's so good. So, so weird. From what from what I gather, he has no restrictions on this. That's awesome. Like he can do what he has to do whatever he wants, and so he wants to do something about like the royal family that the that the Wonder Twins come from, and then he wants to do a one page story about with joke troopers, which was awesome. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just hey, I'll take this uh, two three pages a month. That's that's honestly such a cool thing to have in the books. Now, is it always going to be in Cave Carson? or is I it... believe so, yes. Okay. Man, it's good. Oh, the part where uh, where Barbara's like, Dad, I mean... I mean Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> and just, just the beat that it ends on. Where it's like the, uh, you know, there's a new king in town. Or Gotham's something. got a new boss. Yeah, yeah, Gotham's got a new boss. Oh, man. <laughs> 
it's just per it's like just my sensibility you know yeah <laughs> i mean to me so far this <laughs> seems like like young animal seems like they just said to gerard way like hey listen whatever you want to do we're on board with but what we're looking for is stuff that will take older ideas connect them to the present without without like new 52ing them right and that's the best that's the best we could ask for we're getting all these incredible stories and these incredible like different takes on things but it doesn't feel like they're replacing anything from the past it doesn't feel like they're overwriting anything it just feels like continuations of these weird little stories Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man, I love the bit with, like, um, meaningless medals, the kick puncher. Yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so many great, like, yeah. The humor is, like, not, like, it's it's just perfect. Everything's spot on. Yeah. Yeah, this is and, a... it's, and that's saying like this is my least favorite of the three, and it's still <laughs> right. one of my favorite books that DC is publishing. So, yep, yeah, I I feel you, man. This is obviously a pull from all three of us, right? Yeah. Oh man, there's there's a lot resting on uh, on on the last one, Mother Panic, which yeah, I feel Mother like Panic. is definitely the one that was like the you know the wild card of all of the announcements. Um, yeah, that's because the it's... one that's, it's more overtly tied to Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Batwoman shows up in the January issue. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So, and it's also the only new character, right? I mean, Shade is a Shade the Changing Girl is a new character, but Shade is a pre-existing thing. But this Mother Panic isn't right. Is right. new. I believe, I believe so. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, we'll see. We'll see if it's a uh, if we pull all four of them. I mean, I'm willing to pull the fourth one just on the strength of the first three at this point. <laughs> you know, I know yeah. that's not how this works, but you know. Um, all right, cool. Let's move on to Trinity number two, written, illustrated, colored by Frank by Francis Manipal. Um, I I have some thoughts on this book. What did you guys think of this issue? I didn't like this issue as much as the first issue. I didn't um, either. I might go as far as say I didn't like this issue at all. I mean, the art was still really good. It was. And there were parts of it that were okay. Yeah. but I, I mean, like... the story wasn't bad. The, the whole premise seemed like a little much for me. What's the name? I, I'm drawing a blank on it, and I'm going to hate myself for the rest of my life for this. Of the Superman story where he imagines he's back on Krypton. It's uh, for the man who has everything. For the man who has everything. Thank you. Uh, this was just like a slightly different version of that. Well, like any time the, the like, what is it? The Black Mercy plant? Is that what it's yes, called? Yeah. Comes up. It is basically just like a rehash of <laughs> uh, for the man who has everything. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, I, I thought of this right after I finish reading this uh, this issue, is it just me or has Smallville replaced Krypton in the Superman mythos? 
how everything like goes back to Smallville. Yeah, like how it used to be that Superman was always trying to get back to Krypton, not in physical form, but like he he built his whole life around returning to like the principles of Krypton. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now his entire life is built around the principles of Smallville. It's an interesting observation. Yeah. I think it kind of like says something about like the state of the Superman line and like where they're trying to take it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's that's a good point. Thanks. And I'm not sure how It's fine, but this is like a step too far to me. Like going back and interacting with, you know, really really all this does to me is call attention to the fact that that they killed off Clark's parents in the new 52 far, far, far too early. You know, anytime they do a story like this, it's like, why can't these people just be around right now? And, and, you know, yeah, it it, it was always such a nice contrast with Batman. Yes. That, that I feel like, and, but that's, this argument's been made a million times. It's just, every time they do a story like this, it highlights it even more for me. Yeah, I agree. I, this just felt like such an incredible drop off from the first issue. Yeah, that I was very disappointed. Um, yeah. Was that your hot take for the week? No, no, it's not oh. my hot take for the week. Oh, um, man. You know, I I liked bits of this. You know, I, I think, I think it was a nice touch how you see Pa Kent kind of put some of this stuff together, but just miss. Like, he says at one point, like, I'm not stupid. You're his uncle or something, right? <laughs> you know, like, it was just a, uh, there were a couple of, of sort of nice moments like that. And the art was obviously beautiful. I liked I liked Diana, like, allowing sentimentality a bit, whereas Bruce just had no room for it. Mm-hmm. But that was interesting. Um, you know, it was just a really, to me, just just a... A, a poor version of of a story we've already read, a poorer version. And my fear is we're going to get this for the next two months, too. Like, next one's called Murder in Gotham. Yeah, so it's going to so be, it's gonna be Bruce's. And then the next one's yeah. going to be Diana's. And Which I think it, this arc is at least five issues now, It right? is five issues, yes. So, like, it would be one thing if all three were condensed into one issue... Yeah. But the fact that we know this is going no place and have to read two more months of this, that bugs me a bit. Wait, so we're going to go back to Di- Diana's origin while Greg Rucka is writing a story called Year One? <laughs> I, I, I think that it might work out that it's going to be that Year One will have just wrapped up by that point. No, probably not. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, also I'm coming I, off the back of. The Legend of Wonder Woman digital comic and <laughs> Grant Morrison's Wonder Woman <laughs> Earth One and every other Wonder Woman origins. The movie we're going to be getting. And isn't there we're, a we're Jill Thompson some... book coming out that does there, Wonder that, Woman story too? That came out. I just got it in the mail the other day. Oh, it, it's out already. Okay. Yeah, I haven't checked it out yet, but. Yeah. Is that new or is that a. a it's reprint? new. It's new. Okay. Um. Yeah. Brand, baby. You know, I um, I just don't want this to be the the new normal for this book, which is just like what felt so refreshing about the first issue was it was just showing 
the relationships and letting their relationship grow. And if we're gonna have three issues of the relationship going no place because they're all in these quasi dream worlds, like I just don't care about that. I'm sure they'll do things to like it'll strengthen their bonds somehow, but but you're right. I it could have gone a different way. I feel like it's gonna be like the first arc of New Fifty Two Justice League, you know this like thing you have to get through <laughs> before you know like the the getting the band together type thing which isn't really what the first issue felt like i mean it was but it was like good <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> it reminded me of a moment in a not great marvel series that i actually thought worked really well which is the first issue of uncanny avengers from a few years ago oh uh-huh. um thor was coming to talk to havoc and havoc was like made some like shitty comment is like i just want to get coffee and was like it was kind of they they were like trying to just be like just not fight about things but just have a conversation and that's how the first issue felt to me it was just like this is a different way of heroes getting getting on the same page about stuff just talking and uh i'm sad we're losing that yeah me too I'm still gonna pull the book because of the strength of the first issue, but I might I might just be trade waiting it until the second arc. Yeah, same. I- I'll say pull, but it's it's got to do more for me. Yeah. All right, that brings us to our last book. We're gonna kind of in depthly talk about this week, and that's Batman number nine, written by Tom King, illustrated by Michael Janine or Mikel Janine. I'm not exactly sure how he pronounces his name. Um, this is the first issue that Janine has done on the, uh, on the series thus far. It's the first issue after Reign of the Monster Men, sorry, Night of the Monster Men, and this sort of follows up the line, the line of logic that, that led to the Monster Men. Um, it was also touted as being the issue that began to connect the dots from DC Universe Rebirth number one, and we can debate whether it did that or not. Um, but overall, I felt this was, and this is not my hot take either, Vince, uh, that this was the best issue of King's Batman so far, but that's a low bar to get over. And I'm not counting the net of the monster man, cause he didn't write that issue, those issues rather. Um, yeah. but that, that, that's a low bar to get over. What'd you guys think? I liked this issue. <laughs> I think, uh. If it didn't, if I didn't have the the specter of the first arc looming over it, I probably would have thought this is like a, a perfectly above cromulent Batman comic. <laughs> crumpulent, even above crumpulent, even. Wow, <laughs> wow. Like I, you know, if this, if if the book had started out like this. I don't think I would have had the same reservations and the same misgivings, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we need to we need to define crumpulent because I always thought crumpulent meant it was the crump of the crop. <laughs> like I thought that was the tops. I thought it was above cromulent but below good. Oh, okay, all right. But I could be wrong. No, no. I, I think I kind of thought that too. Okay, we'll go with your we'll go with you guys' interpretation. Okay. Um, um, I came to the conclusion about why I dislike King's Batman so much. Besides the fact that it's just bad, if we can 
kind of table that for a second. I feel like this is the most robotic Bruce has ever been. Like you mean ev- as far as like getting into a situation and just being unstoppable and like yeah, and also having no reason for things like so the the, the scene that really bothered me in this issue Gordon? was the Gordon stuff. Yes, <laughs> how like first of all he just lets this imposter walk around with him and he knows that he's not Gordon, and then the way he handled that that situation just was so so like. <laughs> it's just like a Scooby Doo moment, like you know, <laughs> he pulls the mask off, and he would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for that left-handed bit. Like it's just, it was so lazy, and I feel like this is just the least compassionate, the least interesting Bruce has ever been. He's just, he's just robot crime fighter, and I have no interest in that. You must not be watching Gotham then. I'm not. <laughs> Neither am I. I'm just. Um, um, no, I see what you mean. Um, and I guess I agree with you guys that it's the strongest issue yet, but like, it, I might have like, um, Stockholm syndrome or something <laughs> because now I read this issue and I'm like, well, this is less insane and interesting than his other awful Batman comics were to this point. Right. And now I'm like almost wa- wanting that back, you know? <laughs> Like everything in DC Rebirth is is you know for the most part like <clears throat> you know at worst slightly below average you know nothing very few things are horrible you know that first arc was like so horrible in a way that like well, it was swinging well, for the made, fences it made it unique as well though because like as of now I kind of see this as like this is like the generic Batman story. Exactly. This is like you normalizing know, it's, now. This, yeah. It's like, it's not as um, exciting or like engaging as detective. And it's not as like bombastic and crazy as all-star. So yeah, it's just like the safe Batman, which is weird. You know, <laughs> See, I had an interesting thought about the title of the book. Is this a Batman book removed from the strap from the trappings of Bruce Wayne? Like, is this just Batman? I don't know, cause he's there. I mean, but there's nothing about Bruce Wayne there. It's just Batman not wearing his mask. Yeah, but I feel like we've gotten so little Bruce Wayne for so long now. Maybe. In any book, in Maybe. any book, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was fine, but like, I don't know. I guess the recruiting part, the recruiting thing that, ba- like, I, I was, I was genuinely jazzed to see Catwoman at the end. And Bronze Tiger is a nice pick. Yeah. But I guess the, the recruitment process wasn't all that interesting to me. Like, I don't think it was particularly well written and I don't know. I guess I liked the nod to the Legion Let's talk about that, by the way. So, do yeah. we think do we think Tom King's going to be writing Legion? I don't think so. I'm almost leaning towards that. Mm. I mean, no. if he did, I'd be fine with that. I mean, like which Tom King is writing Legion? <laughs> I, I mean, I still, I think, I'm still of the mind that there's only one Tom King. Um, <laughs> that there's a reason. 
that may, you know, maybe he just like doesn't like Batman either like doesn't mesh with his sensibilities or he has some, you know, 23 book, <laughs> 23 issue long game. Um, and we're just along for the ride. But I mean, he's proven that he can do cosmic stuff with a large cast in, in Omega Man. I'd love to see him do like, I mean, how weird would it be if Legion spun out of an arc of Batman? Yeah. See, that's what I think, though. Like, I think he could write a Legion book that's of the same, like, tone or themes of Omega Men. Like, th- those books could go hand in hand. He could write the Legion that way, and it would be really good. I don't disagree with that premise, but I don't know if I necessarily draw the same conclusion. Yeah, Man, you you were just like a a, a lover spurned, Brian. <laughs> yeah, that that is certainly part of it. Um, I, I I guess I just feel like you just want Hickman here so badly. Well, that that is that is a big part of it. Yes, but no, I to me like the 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 biggest the biggest part of doing a Legion book is that you have to find a way to make the Legion interesting enough for the average reader to pick it up because if if people aren't going to read it it's going to last 12 issues and go away like it always does and i feel like king does not have a track record i mean look we love the omega men it was canceled in a line that wasn't <laughs> supposed to be canceled and then only shitty outrage brought it back well it is interesting that like he has kind of like he's like the closest thing to an indie darling that like either of the big two have, I think Um, because he's not like, he's critically acclaimed, but still kind of, he doesn't carry that like star power that like a Snyder does. Um, So I think anytime like us as fans here, like, Oh, Kings on a book, we like take notice, but no one else does. So I, I do see, like, I think when I hear Ta, when I hear King on Legion, I think, oh, man, that's exciting. But that's not necessarily going to, like, generate the same kind of, like, sales or, or um, like, stability. Yeah. That, that a Legion book, like, really needs out of the gate. But so let's who's, be... write, who's writing Legion, then? Snyder Keith. Capullo. <laughs> it's Keith Giffen, probably. We all, we all know that. And, and Paul Levitz, again. <laughs> Saturn girl, why I thought girls were from Venus or whatever. Well, that's your opinion. <laughs> I can tell you didn't pass global geography in school. <laughs> you know, oh, fucking fucking <laughs> Keith Giffen, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Someone's writing Legion, though. That's going to happen. So here, here is my question about Legion. Do you guys think we see this within... Do we see Legion number one in 2017? I think so, yeah. Yeah, 2017, yes. Do you think we see it by San Diego? I think it maybe will be announced at San Diego. Yeah, for for like a fall book. Yeah. Okay. I kind of think we're not going to see it until 2018. Ooh, little boy. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, that's a pretty long... I, I feel like 
editorial would want to get most of those threads from the rebirth issue going at least in 2017. Notice I didn't say you're not going to see the Legion. I said you're going to see Legion number one in 2018. Okay, that's fair, I guess. Because here's what... I'm putting on my DiDio hat here, okay? So I I will, don't worry. Um, So if I were going to bring in the Legion... I think the only way, the only way to do this is to make the Legion an integral part of a big event going on in the DC universe. Because no one's gonna give a shit about the 31st century, okay? It's not a thing. Anybody, we don't have a Legion of Paul fucking Levitzes out there buying our books. Not the way it is, okay? These kids don't give a shit. But it's essentially, I, I feel like you need to bring the lead. There has to be something going on. I could see. Whatever the Snyder Capullo book next summer is, basically painting itself into a corner and they don't know how the heroes are going to get out of it. And then in comes this army from the 31st century. And people all of a sudden are like, who the fuck are the Legion? And then they use the next few months to build that up and launch Legion number one with a superstar team and like make it a big deal. Because to, so, to me, unless you do something like that, it's just going to fail again and again and again. Here's a question: Who do you think we're getting first, Legion or JSA? JSA, that's two hands down. Big teams that they've got to roll out that I think kind of both face the same problem. I think JSA comes first. Really? Here's why. I think that you have Jay Garrick on the Flash. You have the JSA on Legends of Tomorrow. And the idea of like, a, the idea of Earth Two is already established. You don't have to do any real work to get that going. I feel like there's way more that you have to convince the public of for Legion. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just think it's interesting that we haven't like. So now we're getting our first. Um, like continuation of the Legion storyline from Rebirth, but we haven't seen any inkling of the JSA stuff in any of the books. I I also think just that the Legion needs more time to build up. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But yeah, so DC hire me to write a book that brings the Legion in in a big way. I'll do it for you. I, I come cheap. Um, are you guys at all interested about this arc of Batman? Yeah, I kind of am. They don't have me yet. Um. Okay. Uh, last question about this Batman arc. Is this the last time we see the Legion in an issue of Batman for at least in, through this arc? I don't know. Like, I... I think so, yeah. Yeah. I don't see this being picked up for a while. Yeah, I don't, I don't really either. Because, I mean, like, especially, like, coming up, you know, we've got... Um some like epilogue issues and after this i think dealing with catwoman then an arc with swamp thing 
Um, yeah, I don't see this being a thing for a while, at least not here. Yeah. All right, let's move on to um, Aquaman, written by Dan Abnett, illustrated by Scott Eaton. Uh, I'm still really enjoying Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, Shaggy Man and all. <laughs> yep, yep. I like that we keep getting uh, Neptune's balls. Yep. As a, <laughs> <laughs> as a, as a sort of a declaration of uh, dismay. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah, and, and in that way, this book is paying off on a lot of little things, whether it's like political relationships or just lines that we've already seen in earlier issues you know it really feels like this is this is always building or moving forward to something it's a very propulsive comic yeah um that builds on itself and 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 yeah it's definitely one of the more solid things that dc's putting out right now i really like the way that arthur dealt with shaggy man Mm -hmm. essentially teleporting him into space yeah. You know, that was that was a clever use of the JLA transporter like membership card thing. <laughs> um yeah, this is just a solid book. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, same. I think it's like this and Flash are like just very consistent um like solo books and that's something that we haven't had in we we didn't really have in the new 52, which is really nice. Yeah. It's nice to have these books that like stay consistent in in like quality and um, in pacing and yeah, it's just really enjoyable. It's probably the best Aquaman book we've had in oh, a gosh. very long time. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Uh, next up, we have Cyborg by John Sepper Jr. and Will Conrad. Uh, this was definitely better than last issue. Vince, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but still not great. Yeah, it's... Again, it was very... The thing that I liked so much about Cyborg number one was that uh, it was a little different from the way these comics usually go, where it, it let the characters breathe a little bit. It let Vic explore, like, things about himself, you know? Mm-hmm. And the last issue was like a generic action issue, and this issue was your generic, oh, I'm fighting against my friends, but it's really uh, an illusion or something. You know? Right, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just disappointing that it's 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 such a cliche as far as a superhero comic goes, you know? Yeah. When I thought issue one was going to be something, even if it was ham-fisted, it was going to be something different. Zach, are you officially done with this book? Yeah, I think so. I I, I admire your moxie. <laughs> I you just drop these books without without concern. I I envy Zach. I wish I had a quicker trigger finger. Yeah, me too. I, I, there, I have a few that I'm just like I know this just Hal Jordan. Oh no, I'm well. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll keep hate reading that one. For a little while, I think, because I'm invested. No, I think the only ones that I have like cut off, like Cold Turkey, are, are this Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey. Mm. I, th- I think those are the only three. 
I think it's pretty clear you're missing nothing. Yeah. Well, speaking of Harley Quinn, <laughs> can, we, can we get it out of the way for the week? I know it's out of order here. Well, uh, it's actually, yeah, sure, go ahead. All right. Um, there was more poop in this issue. <laughs> it was it was dog dookie this time. She just she reached into a big bag of dog dookie. That's appetizing. I did flip yeah. through this one and saw to look at the Jill Thompson art. Yeah. Yep. That was really nice. I I think John Tim's art is nice, you know, but it's just he's fine. It is. It's just not. You know, for more than two or three issues, it's hard to stomach. Although they're going to a superhero fetish club next month. Oh, so, Jesus. Or, of course they are. As you do. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't wait to see where Dookie shows up there. Maybe they'll be covering a Green Day classic off the album Dookie. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever the house band is at the fetish club, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. They'll, they'll be playing some... Uh, I'm trying to draw a... Uh, one for the Razorbacks. Is that from that album or is that from Kerplunk? No, I, I think, believe that's Kerplunk. I think it's Kerplunk. Uh... Trying to pull a not so um, long view. No, not not not, not a hit. Like um, uh, I want to say she, but she was kind of a hit too. She was kind of a hit. That was a good. Uh, That's my favorite song from that album. But um, du- Dookie's nothing but hits, man. Yeah, you, you will just cut you off right there. There, there's that, there's that last song that begins acoustically. The let's what nuke this. Br- no, let's let's nuke this bridge. We tortured a thousand times before. Whatever that song is. You're just a fuck. I can't explain it, but I think you suck. That one, yeah, that sounds good too. Anyway, let's. It's enough Green Day chat for this week. Let's get to Green Arrow number nine, uh, written by Ben Percy, illustrated by Stephen Byrne. Uh, this this issue was a little tiresome. Yeah, it was a weird issue. It was just it was, it was an issue that served only to get everybody back to where yes they're supposed to be anyway. You know. Yeah. But but see, I liked last issue's diversion where it was just basically like uh, Ollie and Dinah playing grab ass. Yes. Whole issue. Like, that was great. That was a nice diversion. But now they needed a whole issue to, like, gather their themselves back up and, and tell us they're going back to Seattle. You know, it just really wasn't – it was weird. It was not well-paced. I also feel like there was a lot of Ollie and Dinah referencing the marriage of those two people they just met this issue as if they were old pals. Like, oh, that's just them being them. Like, no, you met them five pages ago. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is that's an area where you see the consequences of double shipping, right? Like, yes, like there are times where it works beautifully to give you these like little breather issues. And there's other times where it's like they're clearly just spinning their wheels to get to fill an arc, so to speak. You yes. know, even if it's not a true story arc, like a five issue or six issue one, it's still an issue that serves to pad out a story that they're yes. writing for some sort of trade or something, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah. All right, that brings us to Green Lanterns number nine, written by Sam Humphreys, illustrated by Robson Roca. You guys ready for my hot take? Oh, boy. Please don't tell me you liked this. I kind of like this. No. Brian. Kind of. This is is by far the strongest issue of this series. No. 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 The last arc was better. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Issues were better, yeah. Yeah, No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. (laughs) No. Uh I don't need 
the story of another like oh man you want to know why this was the best issue of the arc so far because i would love to hear why you think that because humphreys (laughs) didn't have to write simon or jessica Oh, and he's so no, fucking he bad at writing them but, that uh, he didn't he didn't he didn't do it this issue. Like, well great, then he'll just write white men as green lanterns for the rest of his life. <laughs> There's a substantial portion of our listenership that'll probably be okay with that. This okay, <laughs> just kidding. So kidding my, listeners, you're all wonderful. My my problem with this issue is the same problem I have with the last issue of Hal Jordan, where it's basically just like no one can stop doing Jeff John's Green Lantern. Ah, yes. Like, this felt like an issue... This felt like it could have been, like, an issue of Jeff John's Green Lantern. And it had, like, all of the, you know, all of the hallmarks. Maybe there that's was, why I didn't mind it so much. There was, there was a that. reference to Rebirth. It focused all on Hal's history as, of, as a pilot. It was, like, a secret history origin thing. It had... It was focused on a villain. Um... Volthoom comes back, which, like, I know we were all clamoring for another Volthoom story. Like, like you guys don't have Volthoom or Bust Bumper Stickers in your cars like I do. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather be reading Volthoom. <laughs> I mean, even the art looked like, yeah, it looked like classic it, GL stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, oh man, they just can't get off that wheel, you know? No, they can't. It's like we're playing, like, greatest hits at this point, you know? (laughs) Or covers. This is, like, cover version of John's Green Lantern. Yeah, it is. It's like like parody. It's like, oh, you know what it is? It is, uh, it's Mark, Mark Millar sitting on a toilet saying, like, what would my take on Green Lantern be? Oh, he's a... Uh, he's a he's a disgraced pilot instead of a good pilot, <laughs> and then he gets powers, and then you have a book. See, Vince, I thought you liked this issue. You don't want to know why? Why? This issue is essentially a uh, like a uh, a retelling of one of the greatest stories of of our of of one of our fa- from one of our favorite pieces of media. Go on. I have to get this guy's name. Hang on. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> hey, they even share a first uh, a first name. Okay. Frank Leminski is uh is uh, is it Frank Grimes? No, what's his name from The Simpsons? Oh, Frank Grimes. Yeah, Frank Grimes. Yeah. This I is... hate that episode though. <laughs> oh, well, then you have internal logic, and I forgive you. Um, no, this is like this is this is the Frank Grimes episode of The Simpsons. Oh man, you guys are. We're bearing the lead on this issue, though. What's that? There was a reference to the Jurgens New Fifty Two JLI. <laughs> Where? Oh, was. How did I miss that? I remember thinking that, but what was it, Zach? It's like a picture of that of that team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or the where he's like going through and like thinking of all the lanterns coming along, and when it introduces when it shows Guy, it's with the JLI. With that JLI team. You're right. Man, this was a bad issue. Man, whatever happened to uh, Hair Girl? What was her name? Godiva. Godiva, yeah. yeah. Whatever happened to her? And Fire and Ice, where have they been? Wasn't Godiva? They were like... in... Uh... 
Godiva, oh, go ahead, was, Godiva was just like a damsel in distress that entire comic, wasn't yes, she? Yes, she was. But uh, Fire and Ice were in Justice League 3000. Or 3001, one or the other. Oh, who cares? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, I think this is better. It wasn't a good issue, <laughs> but I, I, I kind of liked it better than the last stuff. Because maybe, maybe because it was just hitting my, like, John's... Uh, synapses i i can see that i i can understand that because that's what i mean like i read this and i'm just like man is this is jeff johns like ghostwriting this as sam humphreys like this are they using just, some old scripts this was just that weird british red lantern all over again oh my goodness you were <laughs> right <laughs> i just don't need another like god they're what barely developed oh who, who, who knows like uh, rap raptor or like something. Oh, they've barely developed Simon and Jess yet, and and I know that this guy is the villain. He's not a Green Lantern. I I understand this. I know how the how comics work as a me- mechanism for. Story Are you comics. sure? I do, <laughs> but I still don't like. I, I feel just... like there are people we both know that would beg that that would beg to differ on that. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> let's not go down this road. Okay. Um, um, uh, no, but I got like five pages in and I was like, this, oh, this whole issue is just going to be his story, his sad sack story where like, I don't know if he's, we're just supposed to think he's an asshole, I guess. And, uh, and I don't need it. I don't need any of it. I, uh, I don't need another like coincidental lantern I, ugh, I don't oh, man, know. is it just me too? Like, just like a story about a power ring that anyone can use—is that not like the dumbest story you can imagine? Most, yeah, like the most boring like concept <laughs> spinning out of a Green Lantern story. Like, but, but you guys, it was something that no other Guardian could ever imagine. <laughs> Vince, That's what I, 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 if I don't shoehorn this joke in here, we're, I'm going to forget it. But. um what did you say? I don't need another. What kind of lantern did you say? I don't know. What did I say? Oh, was it? Was it <laughs> coincidental? Yeah, co- yeah. I was just saying. Accidental racist. Yes, I was going to say the coincidental lantern is is the sequel to Accidental Racist. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, there we go. Okay, sorry. Move along. Uh, that was garbage. Um, <laughs> Justice League number seven, written by Brian Hitch, illustrated by Jesus Marino. Um. All right, so we're gonna start at the end of this, okay? Is this arc over? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it feels like it, but like nothing happened. I know. <laughs> like Jessica vomited a black, and then Jessica quit, and so then and then she quits. Yeah. And then maybe Aquaman and Wonder Woman are like taking over the world, starting the Authority. <laughs> oh. Zach, you brilliant bastard. Yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. This is a weird issue. This is a weird arc. I felt like it was kind of like... (sighs) A, like the threat was never really... I felt like the villain of this issue was Donald Trump. (laughs) I felt like this was like some kind of like really like thinly veiled commentary on like the state of like American media and, and fear mongering and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Nicely done, Zach. Because there was just like that really like the stuff about, you know, what what if those in authority or are are controlled by their fear or something like that, like in relation to I guess like the league in general, but like they really like honed in on it with Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Um Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. This is not very good, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because I feel like there's just there's just there's so many moments in this book that were supposed to feel substantial, like Bruce and and uh, Clark talking in the Batcave, which I think was probably the weakest part of the issue because it didn't make sense. It made no sense, <laughs> and it was supposed to feel substantial, and it just reminded me of that scene in Clerks when Dante and Randall are like lying on the floor in the garbage of the fight they just made, and they're like talking about life. That's what this felt like. It was just it's. I was I was on board with Hitch for a long time, but the last couple issues have really turned me off from this book. Yeah. Did you guys notice on the first page it says um, that picture of the Joker says it looks like it says Joker number three. It does. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. yeah some. I mean, some of the character moments I was like with like I, I really do like what Hitch is kind of doing with Barry and Jessica um, how many love interests can Barry have at once across know, Rebirth <laughs> you're right I mean he's a pretty fast guy you know <laughs> Zach you rogue man All right, let's move on to, uh, in my opinion, the best non-Cave Carson book of the week, Nightwing. Very good. Written yeah. by Tim Seeley. It should be Javi Fernandez. Has my single favorite joke, perhaps, in all of Rebirth so far in it. Um, so you know how when Dick comes into, like, Raptor's lair, he's singing that, like, that theme song about himself? Uh-huh. Later in the issue... He pushes Dick into like a Casio keyboard <laughs> yeah. and a piece of music that says Raptors theme <laughs> is present there. <laughs> and that's my favorite joke at all of Rebirth so far. Mm-hmm. This is a good comic, guys. Yeah, that this is very really good. good. Yes. There is um there's almost nothing to say about it because it just all works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know it's interesting we like talked about like the lack of Bruce and Batman and like how his like personality is like been drained and it's just not interesting. Whereas this is like doing, it's giving like character for, for both Dick and Bruce, you know, you're right. Yeah. And even Damien. Oh, Damien gets some choice lines in here. Yes. Um, I mean, it really does show that, like, like Dick is really, like, kind of the heart of the whole Bat family, I feel like. Yeah. And it, and it shows in this book, like, how, not to, like, underplay, like, what Celie is doing, but kind of, like, how easily it flows when you, like, when you just, like, let it. Yeah. Celie also does a little bit of heavy lifting here to kind of connect all of the various corners of the DCU. Like he talks about how he got help from 
from somebody and not from Bruce, not from a Robin, not even from the Titans. Like that's the first time I think the Titans have been mentioned outside of their own book at all. And it's a small little throwaway thing, but that really does help the books feel cohesive. And I feel like Celia is very good at doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, and it's also cool, like how much this still feels like an extension, like a continuation of Grayson. You know, we're still getting like a lot of those threads. Yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't. Ex- yeah, which I didn't expect. Like Spiral still like plays a part. Um, yeah, man, this is just a cool book. Like this is, I think, the best book in the bat line. Indeed. At least to me. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great book. And Raptor is a w- much more like interesting and engaging character than I would have expected Like when we first saw him. Yeah. He is everything that Gotham and Gotham Girl were not. Mm. Like, he's a character that represents Dick in a way... But does so like he holds an interesting mirror up to Dick as opposed to Gotham and Gotham Girl, which didn't do that at all mm-hmm. to Bruce. Well, and also like Celie is doing the the same thing that I feel like a lot of writers do, where they're you know calling into question Bruce's methodologies, but doing so in a way that's like not ham fisted or overbearing. It's like asking genuine, you know, philosophical questions about like what is good and what's okay right yeah this is a good book lastly we have superman number nine written by pete tomasi and pat gleason illustrated by doug monkey uh this is the second part of the darwin cook inspired losers starring uh dinosaur fighting (laughs) two-parter and it was everything you'd want from that yeah this was a close this one was close with Nightwing for my favorite Rebirth book. Yes. I don't know if I could pick between the two. They're both so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I thought the, I thought the the nod to Darwin Cook was really nice, and it didn't overstay its welcome either. You know, assuming that we're essentially done with it. We are. It's just a two parter. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and now it's on to the next thing, and that was a really nice. That was a really nice touch. Um, I'm glad they got to do that. What's interesting to me about this is that this is the exact opposite of the Green Arrow arc we just got, like a side arc that's totally inconsequential to the overall theme of the book. This doesn't really do that much. Aside from a couple Clark John moments, this really doesn't inform the Superman story all that much. But it's like it's a it's a product of double shipping. You have to have more books out there, and they did it, but they made it worth reading. Mm-hmm. I have a few observations from this issue. A few questions and observations. Go for it. Was this supposed to be like a version of the Ultra Humanite? This white gorilla. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay, so that's one, two. Um, well, I guess three, we'll get to the, we had already kind of like talked about the third one earlier between the three of us, but I realized after seeing the solicits for, you know, the upcoming arc with the multiversity stuff that, that 
that box that like transported them there is the like one of the transporter things from Multiversity. Uh-huh. Right, the not quite mother box. The not quite mother box, yeah. Father box? <laughs> Stepmother box? <laughs> Aunt box? But I didn't ca- I didn't think about that last issue. Like I thought it looked familiar. I thought it was a mother box actually like in the last issue, but then um it clicked with me where I had seen that before. It's a great observation. Yes, absolutely. And what's your last one, Zach? Oh, well, we had talked about um, the octopus thing at the end of the issue and what that might be related to. Yeah, I mean, does did that look like the Watchmen one enough to... For you guys to like think that that's what that could have been, or are we just are we just looking for Watchmen and everything? I think we almost might be because <laughs> didn't you say a similar thing about one of the monsters from Monster Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me either way if it uh-huh. was supposed to be a uh, a uh, a nod to that, or I feel like there's also just going to be like yeah, the creators are having fun. Knowing that anytime they put a clock any place, we're gonna think it's Watchmen, or right. anytime a squid shows up, we're gonna think it's Watchmen. You know, but I mean, this is like part of a a like one an overarching thread because it tied back to um, the the giant kraken monster from the second issue, right? With its mm-hmm. cybernetic eye. <laughs> Ooh. So it's Cave Carson, is what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, it just makes sense. They're already teasing a young animals crossover. <laughs> oh boy, young animal versus Suicide Squad. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Gerard Way walks off of DC Comics <laughs> yeah. after editorial interference. Now, the only reason they let him do it is because they let him do a young animal movie that is <laughs> a vehicle for. A My Chemical Romance comeback. It's actually just like one long, like a two-hour music video featuring young animal characters. Yes. Does Grant Morrison get to play a villain again? Yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well. Yeah, that, good that wraps up. Yeah, it, it was a good week. It wasn't quite as strong as last week, I think. Yeah. Or... Two weeks ago, whenever there was a, there was one week recently that was really really great. Yeah. Um, next week we have a relatively late week again. Aquaman. Um, no, sorry, I'm looking ahead to the week <laughs> after. Yeah. Uh, what's coming out? Do we know what's coming out next this coming week? Yeah, action, Batgirl, Batman Beyond number one proper. Yeah. Uh, the 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 that will shall that which shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> number two, <laughs> number two, <laughs> Deathstroke. Number way to five. way to mention it without mentioning it, Vince. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, Detective Comics, um, Flash, uh, Hellblazer, Hal Jordan, Suicide Squad, Teen Titans number one, Titans number four, Vigilante Southland number one, which is not really a Rebirth book, but but we'll probably talk about it. We'll talk yeah. about it. Uh, Wonder Woman number nine and the 75th anniversary special of Wonder Woman. Um, I don't know if you guys are planning on reading that, but I know I am. Yeah, I'll probably read that. 
So it's a pretty stacked week with some good stuff. I feel like yeah. they are do. I don't know. About half of the books I like come out every other week. So yes, agreed. There's never like a totally awful week. Like this week had Superman and Nightwing. Next week we get Flash, mm-hmm. Tech, Deathstroke. Good week. It's interesting. I feel like Tech is the book I've been forgetting about because of Monster Men, mm-hmm. and how it just it doesn't it hasn't like stood out on its own since the quote death of Tim issue. I know this will be the first one. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, agreed. So until then, you can uh, find us all on Twitter. I am at Brian needs an app. I am at VJ underscore O S T R O W S K I hashtag Nintendo Switch. Oh, <laughs> and I'm at Sir Fox eighty nine. We are taking up a collection for me to buy a Nintendo Switch so we can play <laughs> while we're on the air. I, I told the guys I would do that if, if somebody paid for my Nintendo Switch. So. Oh man. So uh, I'll let you know my PayPal address if if anyone wants to uh, to gift the show. <laughs> Setting a, up a GoFundMe after this. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Information forthcoming. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Bye.